The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. That very day, the first day of the week, two of Jesus' disciples were going to a village seven miles from Jerusalem called Emmaus, and they were conversing about all the things that had occurred. And it happened that while they were conversing and debating, Jesus himself drew near and walked with them, but their eyes were prevented from recognizing him. He asked them, What are you discussing as you walk along? They stopped, looking downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, said to him in reply, Are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know of the things that have taken place there in these days? And he replied to them, What sort of things? They said to him, The things that happened to Jesus the Nazarene. Who was, who was a prophet mighty in deed and word before God and all the people. How our chief priests and rulers both handed him over to a sentence of death and crucified him. But we were hoping that he would be the one to redeem Israel, and besides all this, it is now the third day since this took place. Some women from our group, however, have astounded us. They were at the tomb early in the morning and did not find his body. They came back and reported that they had indeed seen a vision of angels who announced that he was alive. Then some of those with us went to the tomb and found things just as the women had described, but him they did not see. And he said to them, Oh, how foolish you are! How slow of heart to believe all that the prophets spoke! Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? Then, beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them what referred to him in all the scriptures. As they approached the village to which they were going, he gave the impression that he was going on farther. But they urged him, Stay with us, for it is nearly evening and the day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. And it happened that while he was with them at table, he took bread, said the blessing, broke it, and gave it to them. With that, their eyes were opened and they recognized him, but he vanished from their sight. Then they said to each other, Were not our hearts burning within us while he spoke to us on the way and opened the scriptures to us? So they set out at once and returned to Jerusalem, where they found gathered together the eleven and those with whom and with them who were saying, The Lord has truly been raised and has appeared to Simon. Then the two recounted what had taken place on the way and how he was made known to them in the breaking of the bread. The Gospel of the Lord. For most of my life, going to Mass and coming out of Mass was always a crapshoot. Why do I say that? Well, when I was a kid growing up in suburban St. Louis, we had this awesome and saintly pastor, and as a result, we had a string of associate pastors that came through right out of the seminary, and also a retired priest. And so anytime I went to Mass as a kid growing up, there was a one in three chance of what priest we'd get. 
And depending on which priest it was would directly affect what I got out of Mass. In high school, in fact, we had this amazingly dynamic young Branly Branly new or on-fire priest. He would give these incredible homilies where he would always use props. It was incredible. Like on Pentecost one year, he had a tuba player come out and play because he wanted us to hear what it might have sounded like on Pentecost. I don't remember the message of the homily, but I will always remember the homily. And we also had this old retired priest when I was in high school um, who was a wonderful saintly old man, but he was old and he was boring. And I never really got much out of it because he was old and boring and slow. All right? And then when I got to college, I met another dynamic priest who is probably the most responsible for me becoming a priest, who became a good personal friend. And he was a dynamic preacher and was just brilliant in his use of language and imagery and just a wonderful, wonderful man on top of it. But then his role within the diocese changed toward the end of my time in college, and so they sent us a young priest from India who was a wonderful man, but was heavily ac- with heavily accented English. And because he loved Jesus, he got excited when he talked about Jesus, and he spoke quickly when he talked about Jesus, and no one understood what he had to say. And so a lot of times, I would walk out of Mass caring less about what had just happened because I didn't understand anything. It didn't really move me. Even when I became a Dominican and during my seven years of priestly formation, there were times when I would see one of our priests get up and walk to the back and then tune out for the next 45 minutes of Mass because that guy didn't have anything to say to me. In fact, for most of my life, maybe many of you are in the same way, I attached the emotional feelings that I got out of Mass to the Mass itself. If the priest said something that made me feel good, or if I felt something powerful emotionally, Mass was good. Most of the time that didn't happen, so I'd just show up, I'd do my thing, and then I'd go on my merry way. Not really fulfilled, not really challenged. Everything about the Mass was about what I got out of it emotionally. And how often do we hear this from friends and family, especially those who don't come to Mass? You know, I don't go to Mass because I just don't get anything out of it. And we can say that to ourselves at times, but here's the thing. Jesus Christ did not die and rise from the dead to make me feel good. He died and rose from the dead and lives forever and offers himself to us so that we can be good, so that we can do good, so that we can become good. He died so that our lives might have a meaning beyond how we feel, but that echo in eternity. He died so that with love and assurance, we can emulate the apostles in the Acts of the Apostles from our first reading, to share the good news, to be the good news of Jesus Christ risen from the dead to the people we encounter. In all of our warts, in all of our struggles, in all of our travails, and all of our joys and hopes, we bring that with us wherever we go in the good news of Jesus. But it's a challenge. And we also have to recognize that in our sharing of the gospel, what does this require of us but what St. Peter tells us in the first letter, his first letter from our second reading and what the two disciples on the road to Emmaus do. Peter says, conduct yourselves with reverence while you are sojourning. Conduct yourselves with reverence. We have to listen to the word of God. We have to pray. We have to at least be open to it. You know, for all those years I went to Mass, and I, I, have, I honestly have to say, I don't know what I got out of it, except I got everything out of it. 
I don't remember what old Monsignor McCarthy was saying to me back in high school, but because I went and opened my heart, my heart was burning for something deeper. And because of that, even though I don't remember a word he said, it helped me along my way. So that when Christ revealed himself fully to me in the breaking of the bread, in his sacraments, it had a lasting impact. And so it is for each of us. We must continue that walk of reverence with the Lord if we are to fully understand Him and to fully share Him. Because once we get there, once we get that good news, we recognize that we can't help but share it, bring it to the world, and give it with all of our heart. Cleopas and his companion in the middle of the night were so struck by Jesus' presence and the breaking of the bread, that they walk seven miles in the middle of the night to bring that good news to other people. And so it is for us. And this is what Jesus desires for each of us, to be with him every week, and so that he can more and more ignite within us that burning heart, and more and more expose to us and show us himself in the breaking of the bread, so that we can change the world. This requires us, again, to be reverent, to pray every day. The non-negotiable in our Christian life is prayer, both talking to Jesus and listening to Him. And to not only that, but reflecting upon the Scriptures. The countless homilies I've heard in my life that had no meaning helped me deepen my sense of awe and wonder of the presence of God in His Holy Word. And to continue going to the sacraments, making ourselves and opening ourselves and being present to the saving, the changing, the transforming power of Christ Jesus in the sacraments. Each one of us, because of baptism, when we are given the light from this very Easter candle, has the light of Christ burning within us. It is my hope for each of us that at some point in our life we can say with the two disciples today, were not our hearts burning within us while he spoke to us on the way and opened the scriptures to us? Your hearts are already on fire. Let Christ set it even more ablaze and change the world.